0: Been nearly seconds since the last podcast. That is, I don't even remember. Whew! I hope I remember what's happening. I just there's a song that I made to just spark my memory of what was going on. What was it? I just need to. I need a song to remember the song. I think it was something like "Place with the Suburbs." Place with the suburbs. Place with the suburbs. Place. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, That was the most exciting thing to happen in the Bible ever, so sorry sorry if I keep repeating it. Uh, That's the only first time this episode. Uh, Okay, chapter 22. Then Joshua called the, the, uh, okay, I'll read these, Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And he said unto them, You have kept all uh, that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these days, m- no, sorry, these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the, gov- of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren as he promised them. Therefore now return ye and get you into your tents and unto the land of your possession, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side Jordan. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Once again, Joshua's just a just a placeholder. He's just kind of there to... I mean, he's trying to look important. Let's face it. Everybody carry on, carry on doing what Moses and I told you. You know, we... As a as a team, but you were never even riding with Moses. You were just sort of, sort of around. I don't I don't remember you actually doing. Th- no, no, I was very uh, I was very vital to all that. We were. I mean, he Moses had the final say, of course, and uh, was you know he was the pretty face behind the the word of of God there. But uh, but don't you don't you think it would be a little difficult for one person, you know, to come up with all that. <laughs> Uh, and by coming up with it, I mean get it from God, of course. It's just a lot of writing, you know. Uh, that's that's what I meant, of course. But anyway, point is, uh, you know, every every leader has a team of of people, or even co-leader. You know, we we sort of I sort of consider myself co-Moses back in the day. I think I kind of I think I earned that. You know, you, don't, you look. You don't know the details of what was going on and there. What, what are you What are you doing? Why do you coming and criticize? Just, I just, just keep doing what Moses and I, Moses and I, I and Moses, you know, told you to do. Some of the clauses almost completely me, you know, you don't know, you don't, shut up. Stop it. Your, your things and your, just, 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 no. Uh, where was I? I sort of just forgot what I was doing. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away. Yeah, that's what he... Or or he did that, one or the other. Either my little scene I just did, or that. Um, now, to one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given possession in Bashan. But unto the other half thereof gave Joshua among their brethren on the side Jordan westward. And when Joshua sent them away, also unto their tents, then he, ble- and then he blessed them. And he spake unto them, saying, Do not touch the inside of your tents. Because then... the. I don't know if I've ever made that joke before, but I just thought of it. I've read Tents a hundred times, and I've recently gone camping and touched the inside of the tent. Let me tell you, don't touch the inside of that tent. It gets you soaked. Return with much riches unto your tents, and careful not to let the riches touch the inside of your tents, and with very much cattle, and with silver, and with gold, and with brass, and with iron, and place center suburbs, and very much raiment, Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren and the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh returned and departed from the children of Israel out to Shiloh, out of Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan to go under the country of Gilead to the land of their possession, whereof they were possessed. They were possessed. uh Oh, according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a bit of a sore throat. <clears> throat> <laughs> it's all that rapping, I think. And when they came unto the borders of Jordan that are in the land of Canaan, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh built there an altar by Jordan, a great altar to see to. And the children of Israel heard say, Behold, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh have built an altar over against the land of Canaan in the borders of Jordan. At the passage of the children of Israel, uh, uh, sounds like killing time. You didn't. You don't just go and build your own altar. You know that's not how it works. You know, you just that's uh, that's suspicious. You just you, you know you can't be too careful with with the people who, uh, who who will just worship other gods. You saw what happened when Moses went up into the uh, to the mount for ten minutes. And came down, and the, the the people who keep in. I know I've I've gone over this, but just in case you joined us just now, uh, when he, <laughs> I can never get over it. When he goes up to the mount, like keep in mind, God has already performed countless miracles for them, led them away from the people of Egypt, murdered everybody in Egypt for them, pretty much, um, allegedly, and uh, if if the uh, scripture is to be believed. And, uh, and and then he comes down with these shiny new commandments, and the people have already melted down all their gold and made uh, idols and stuff. Just like, oh, they can't go 10 minutes without worshiping something. They're like, oh, man, I just, he's been up there. What has it been like, a day? Oh, jeez, I just, I need, I need I, I need, I need my fix. I gotta worship something. I can't, I can't go a day. Ah, oh, I can't go a day without worshiping. What, what am I gonna, what am I gonna, what am I gonna, we need some gold or something. I need to let's uh, let's build let's build. Oh, I just need. Oh, I just need something to worship. Get, let's build this melt melt together. Melt everything together and just let me just look at it and just just worship and just because I'm pretty sure that I I know that that other God just he he did all these miracles for us and he and he and he brought us out of the land and everything and he's he's pretty much proved himself to us beyond any any reasonable doubt, but uh, you know. It could also be this molten gold calf that we're fashioning. Did you ever think maybe, maybe that was responsible? You know, you just gotta. You can't be too careful. Oh, just. Oh, give me some of that worship. Just go. Like really, are they junkies? They can't not worship something for a day or two. I think you might have been up there. It is ridiculous. Anyway, where was I? Oh. Yes, you're not allowed to just go up and build your own altar. That is, you know, maybe if we lived in a time, you know, before all this idol worship had happened, you know, you might be able to get away with that kind of move. But uh, post-Golden Calf worship gate, oh, just I just said that just as a reference to it. Oh, wait, did we ever do that? Never mind. In the other podcast, I thought we complained about how people put gate after everything. Like, from Watergate, because it's really stupid and it doesn't make sense. But I just realized that didn't make the cut of things that were funny enough to mention. So, look what I went and did. I put a reference to something that didn't exist. Or maybe I'm losing my mind. But since I mentioned it, I will do that rant that we were going to do. Yeah, Watergate. Saying things like... uh, uh, Nanny Gate, I think, was one of. There's a million of them. Saying whatever it is, like like uh, you know, molten calf Gate. That would make sense if Watergate was something that involved water, but since the Watergate is just the name of a hotel where these things happen, like it's it's annoying. It's little thing. It's the little things. It's the little things. I don't think we did that on the other podcast. I think we were going to. But anyway, okay. Now that I've just completely wasted all of your time. Uh, just turn me off. Just turn this off. <sighs> and the chil- and when the children of Israel heard it, and the whole congregation, uh, the whole congregation of Israel gathered themselves together at Shiloh to go up to war against them. So that's, like I said, that's a shoot first, ask questions later kind of um, infraction there. If you if you make a your own altar, that's like oh shit, everybody, somebody made an altar. I don't, I don't, and nobody nobody once said like, hey, do you think maybe they're just. Making an altar for our god? You know, like a good altar? No, I don't. That's impossible. Just, hey, shut up. Just get your spear. Let's go. We're going to, everybody's going to, We. you know, you you could, I, I guess you could be right, but just, just do you want to, do you want to be wrong and then be there without your killing gear and your spear and all your, you know, your helmet and crap? Like, just get it. Just come on. Go, we're we're going, we're going down. We're just be ready to kill. And, and I guess maybe at the last minute we could not kill, but, but wouldn't you rather err on the side of killing? Come on. So the entire the entirety of Israel gets ready for war. (laughs) Just on the the word, just on the rumor that part of them made an altar. They don't know what kind or what it is. They're they're ready to go to war. (laughs) So good. It's a brilliant people and we should take their beliefs very seriously. And the children of Israel sent unto the children of Reuben and to the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh into the land of Gilead, Phinehas, a person, the son of person, the priest, and with him ten princes. And each chief house a prince throughout all the tribes of Israel, and and each one was an head of the house of their fathers among the thousands of Israel. They came unto the children of Reuben and to the children of Gad and to the half-tribe of Manasseh. And you know, I might have been. Maybe I was supposed to read this chapter in the last podcast. I'm looking at this, and this one's going to be longer. The last episode. Weird. Maybe it's some weird page number thing. Oh well, too late. Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord. No, where was I? And they came to the children of Reuben, and the children of Gad, and the half tribe of sent in the land of Gilead, and they spake with them, saying, "Thus saith the whole congregation of the Lord: What trespasses this?" That ye have committed against the God of Israel to turn away this day from following the Lord, and that ye have builded you an altar, that ye may rebel this day against the Lord. Is the iniquity of Peor too little for us? And uh, that's a reference to, uh, I think it's Beth Peor or whatever it is. I don't know why I remember that, but probably because I've read it to you uh, would be part of it. Ah, uh, they uh you know, they they were I think everybody was burned in fire and swallowed in the earth because of something or other. Who knows? Something like that. Is the iniquity of pure too little for us from which we are not cleansed until this day? Although there was a plague in the congregation of the Lord or no, it might have been the plague. It's one of those stupid things, who cares? But that ye must turn away this day from following the Lord? And it will be seeing ye rebel today against the Lord, that tomorrow he will be wroth with the whole congregation of Israel. Notwithstanding, if the land of your possession be unclean, then pass ye over into the land of the possession of the Lord, wherein the Lord's tabernacle dwelleth, and take possession among us. But rebel not against the Lord, nor rebel against us, in building you an altar beside the altar of the Lord our God. Did not Achan the son of Zerah, commit a trespass, and the accursed thing, and wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel, and that man perished not alone in his iniquity. Ooh. Uh, so he's saying, like, didn't this one guy do this and then, you know, and all that? And remember, when that one guy did that, a lot of other people died too, because that's how God works. He just, he doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't have a laser pointer. He has, like, a, just a, a cannon that he just fires into crowds. And hopes he gets the right person. You know that's how God. That's how a. That's how an omniscient, omnipotent being works. You know that's just science. That's just good. That's just good learning. Uh, then the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh answered and said unto the heads of the children of Israel of the thousands of Israel. Weird. <laughs> I just said children for no reason because I'm so used to it. The Lord God of gods. The Lord God of gods. Actually says it twice. He knoweth, and Israel shall know if it be in rebellion or if in transgression against the Lord. Parentheses. Save us not this day. That we have built this altar, built us an altar to turn from the following. From following the Lord. Can't read. Or if to offer thereon burnt offering or meat offering. Or if to offer peace offerings thereon. Let the Lord himself require it. And if we have not rather done it for fear of this thing, saying, In time to come your children might speak unto our our children, saying, What have ye to do with the Lord God of Israel? For the Lord God hath made Jordan a border between us and you, ye children of Reuben and children of Gad. Ye have in no part in the Lord, so shall your children make our children cease from fearing the Lord. I don't know what any of that meant. (coughs) Any of that last bit, something about their children, something. But the beginning part, this is a great idea. It just made me think of something. If I were alive back then, my, my answer for everything with these nut jobs would have just been like, look, let's let the Lord decide. It's perfect. Like, just uh, just for example, like, look, guys, I know you're mad. I know. But it's it's between myself and the Lord. If robbing that bank was wrong let let let's let him decide do you think humans should decide these things what what do you think you're better than god look if it was wrong then that i robbed that bank then the, the lord will smite me with lightning everyone knows that come on look i had my reasons and god was in on them and uh you, you know we we planned together and he he told me to rob that bank and 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 you know and and if I if you don't believe me then just wait. Do you think do you think that our God, who definitely exists by the way. Totally. I'm so into him. You think that our God, the one that exists, would let me just sit here and lie to you about him talking to me and not smite me with lightning? Do you think that would happen? What kind of an idiot are you? Please. So don't you, you angry mob just just I, I respect your, your enthusiasm but uh, but but I got it you know we gotta handle it. God and I he will uh, he will punish me if if he sees it necessary so why it's anyway it's perfect how could they argue with that could they say like no he needs us to do it like I guess they could but that's why you say like no he talked to me and said that it was fine and You know, if you believe in God, wouldn't you believe that, uh, he would punish me for lying about him? I mean, come on, perfect defense, (coughs) perfect defense for everything. Therefore, we said, let us now prepare to build us an altar, not for burnt offering nor for sacrifice, but that it may be a witness between us and you and our generations after us, that we might do the service of the Lord before him with our burnt offerings and with our sacrifices and with our peace offerings that your children may not say to our children in time to come, ye have no part in the Lord. Therefore said we, that it shall be when they should so say to us or to our generations in time to come, that we may say again, behold, the pattern of the altar of the Lord, which our fathers made not for burnt offerings nor for sacrifices, but it is a witness between us and you. God forbid that we should rebel against the Lord and turn this day from following the Lord to build an altar for burnt offerings, for meat offerings, or for sacrifices beside the altar of the Lord our God that is before his tabernacle. So, pretty much they just said, like, no, that's not an altar against you guys. It's an altar to help celebrate and worship our God. That's, that's that kind of altar. That's what they said. And when Phinehas, Phinehas Fine has. The priest and the princes of the congregation and the heads of the thousands of Israel, which were with them, thousands of Israel came to fight just on the war, just, just stupid, heard the words that the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the children of Manasseh spake. It pleased them. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest said unto the children of Reuben and to the children of Gad and to the children of Manasseh, this day we perceive that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this trespass against the Lord. Now you, uh, sorry. Uh, now you have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. Uh, yep. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the priest and the princes, returned from the children of Reuben and from the children of Gad out of the land of Gilead unto the land of Canaan to the children of Israel and brought them word again. And I bet you it was rough. Uh, When later at the camp with all the, you know, armed men ready to to kill, like, look, sorry guys, hey, uh, false alarm, Um, you know, unfortunately no killings today, so, uh, oh, oh man, they're like, oh, come on, I I brought all my best killing gear and, and, and really nice round stones, you know, aerodynamic stones in case we wanted to go the stoning route and everything, this is, everybody's like, yeah, no, me too, you know, the whole crowd. I can't do. I can't just do a crowd by myself. It's impossible. There's thousands of them, and they're like, "Yeah, this is bullshit." The whole crowd, and I'm sure they started getting out of hand. And and the, the guy's like, you know, he has to manage the situation. He's like, "I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's not like there won't be more killings later. You know, I'm not gonna say that. Uh, so sure, we didn't. You know, this particular time, we didn't get to do any killing, but just but uh I may or may not let's just let's just uh don't tell anybody this, but I may or may not have heard, uh overheard, a group of people making plans to uh not keep a certain Sabbath day holy enough next weekend. So don't again don't tell anybody I told you that, but I may or may not. I've heard that. So uh, you know, you didn't hear it from me. Let me just say that you didn't hear it from me. But I would expect there's going to be killing soon, so just just wait, just hold on, just take all you know. Don't uh, don't don't lock away your killing gear and your throwing stones. Um, you know, keep them fresh, keep them ready, but not tonight is all I'm saying. Not tonight. Uh, And the thing pleased the children of Israel and the children of Israel blessed God and did not intend to go up against them in battle to destroy the land wherein the children of Reuben and Gad dwelt. What? And the children of Reuben... (laughs) Blessed God and destroy the land. (laughs) And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad called the altar Ed, E.D., Ed, for it shall be a witness between us that the Lord is God. (laughs) Okay, that... Cannot be real. Um, okay. Joshua 23. I believe it's the last... Oh, no, it's not. Holy crap. Yeah, I didn't do enough chapters in the last one. I'm an idiot. I think I was supposed to do one more. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, I was off one. So, two more friggin' chapters of this stupid book. All right. And it came to pass, a long time after that... The Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. Uh, Yes, I'm right back to liking Joshua just after that, Uh, you know, just just from him, just from it saying he was waxing old and stricken from age. I'm just getting just getting excited. The prospect of change I mean, unless he pulls a Moses slash Brett Favre and announces his retirement from life and then goes on for like 16 chapters. That could be really annoying. I, I'll have to say I'd be quite, quite mad if he does that. And Joshua called for all Israel and for their elders and for their heads and for their, <laughs> called for their heads and for their judges, and for their office. Okay. And a lot of them. I get it. Uh, and he said, I am old and stricken in age. You may have just read that, but I'm saying it again. And ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain, to be an inheritance for your tribes, from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off, even unto the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you, and drive them out of your sight, and ye shall possess their lands, as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to uh, to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither uh, swerve them, serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them but cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. For ye are worthless, and need to cling to an imaginary friend, to feel like you have control over the world. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong, but as for you, no man hath been able to stand before you this day, because of your stench mostly, but also because of the Lord. One man of you shall see shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is, He it is that fighteth for you, as he promised you. Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves, that ye love the Lord your God. Else, if ye do in any wise go back, and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they unto you. Know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps and kick drums and cymbals unto you. I think that's what he meant. And scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes until ye perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls and in all your heart and souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you, all are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. Therefore it shall come to pass, that as all good things are come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so shall the Lord bring upon you all evil things, until he have destroyed you from off this good land, which the Lord your God hath given you. When ye have transgressed the covenant, the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods, and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he hath given unto you. <sighs> this was all revolutionary, by the way. What? Don't go against the Lord? What? <laughs> Can you make up your mind? First, you're telling us 187,000 times to not go against the Lord. And then you're telling us to not go against the Lord. Well, I don't even know what should I be listening to anymore. God, it gets old. Um, okay. Uh, on to the next chapter here. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Sheshem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads, uh, and for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. I don't know how you do that, but they did. I think anywhere you are, you're you're presenting yourself before God, right? (coughs) Excuse me. Sucks to have a sore throat. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nekor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. Wait a minute. Abraham served other gods? I didn't even remember that. Now there's absolutely no reason. None, even though there wasn't already, there's more none. More no reason that the why the Israelites should be a chosen people of some kind. this couldn't be more made up. <laughs> so we're supposed to believe that God chose one person out of millions uh, at the time who were worshiping apparently other fake gods um, but he God decided to tell this one person to stop and that he was real and then decides. To punish everyone else who wasn't worshipping him. He he has his chosen people murder thousands of them and take their land. Why? Why on earth didn't he just appear to everyone like he did to Abraham? It, it, whatever he did with Abraham, do with everybody else. Like, that would be that easy. It's so... How could people believe this? I don't get it. Like, it... It's so obviously just made up by some people who wanted other people's land. It couldn't be more clear. Uh, it's just, ugh, makes me sick. Anyway, um, and I gave, and I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought you out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt. And you came unto the sea, and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, get comfortable here, take a while. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea upon them, and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, that ye may possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and and (laughs) warred. Well, this kind of works, Ward against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And I delivered them into your hand. This is probably the 84th time 83rd to 84, mid-80s, uh, that the, the Israelites have had to hear a laundry list of what God has done for them. I'm sure they must have been grateful the first dozen times, but after a while, it would have been like, oh, okay, we get it. Oh, we would never have even accepted your help had we known that all you were going to do for the rest of eternity was remind us about everything you did for us. Just shut up. We get it. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, you're god, you're all big and powerful. Oh, gosh, shut up. I'm gonna do everything, and then I remind you a million, billion times. Like, god, that that sounds shockingly close to what a human would do. Hmm. Hmm. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you, even the two kings of the Emirates, but not with thy sword nor nor with thy bow. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye not which ye built not, and ye dwell on them, of vineyards and oliveyards which ye planted not do ye eat. And not one person there thought Well oh, shoot, when you put it that way, I wait a minute, let me think about this. He said so we built these cities, yet we're living in them, and, and uh, or we didn't build these cities, we didn't grow the vineyards, but we're eating them. Hey guys, don't you? Th- Let me think some more. Yeah, you know, maybe what about the people who built these towns, and and owned this land before we murdered them? Do you? Crap. Do you think maybe they they deserve their land? That they. They were on and their houses that they built and their their vineyards that, that they planted. Like, shoot, I hope not. Cause it. Oh man, I I just I just thought of this. Now, did you guys? Did anybody anybody? Am I crazy? Does anybody else think that? I mean, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not committing. To any, I'm just thinking. Like, cause there were people here, right? Yeah, I killed I killed a lot of them. You did too. Yeah. Okay. Well, should should they be here still is or how does that work? I don't know. Like no, nobody had any of those thoughts. They're like, yeah, God gave us this land uh, on behalf of the people who we killed. Now, therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods, which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and, and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods... <laughs> Look, I'm going to draw a flood in the sand here. <laughs> You're either with me on this side of the flood or the other side. Or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, wouldn't anybody that you... Like any God you decide to believe in, wouldn't that just be called the Lord? Like So, yeah, yeah, we're all going to serve the Lord. Actually, no, I just remembered that's because they replaced Yahweh, the name Yahweh, with the Lord everywhere. So that that actually makes more sense. Well, we're going to serve Yahweh. I don't know if you want to serve, you know, Greg. Uh, he's another God that, that people worship sometimes, um, Stephen. But Yahweh is our choice. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and and uh forsake the Lord to serve other gods and <laughs> this was funny, actually. <laughs> he's <laughs> God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods i- originally, I initially read this as uh, oh God, forbid that we would do that, you know like like that that kind of you know of course we're not going to but uh but I don't know if if that expression already existed or not, you know, I think it might come from this. This could have actually literally meant, like, no, God God forbid that we should forsake the Lord. So, I mean, we probably shouldn't, you know. Or something. I, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Are they just parroting, like, well, God told us not to serve other gods, so. Or are they really using that phrase, God forbid? I mean, I guess it's translated, so I don't know. I, I How does that work? No, it's, it must... It must not be that I don't know, but it'd be funny because if they if they were actually saying "God forbid," you know, like the the uh, the, the the expression "God forbid," then it sort of you know it sort of messes up the expression because cause yeah, obviously God would forbid that you not worship Him. Like that's <laughs> sort of literal. Like it's not. And you, know, you usually say "God forbid" when you know you're like. Uh, well well god forbid i get in a car accident tomorrow or something like that you know like you're just kind of it's kind of funny to say like you know well god forbid i reject god and not like him it's like hmm, i don't know anyway just thought that was funny for the lord our god he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of egypt from the house of bondage and which did all those great signs in our sight And preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed, except for the hundreds of us he killed um, for various reasons. But notwithstanding, and the Lord drave out from before us, I love drave, that's a good one, instead of drove, I don't know why, just drave. Drave out all the people before us, Uh, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land, therefore we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Can I get a witness? And they said, yes, uh, we will be witnesses. Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you. Oh, well, do I have to put them away? I kind of like the look of them. All right, well, well, take them down. That's fine. Put away strange gods, everyone, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. What is with their obsession with worshiping different? It's ah, stupid. And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shusham. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and took a great stone, and set it up there under an oak, that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall therefore be a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. And so Joshua's on his way out here, but he's but first he's like, and one more thing: when I die, I don't, I don't need a whole big funeral and all that like you did with Moses. I, you know, I, I understand. Yeah, I, I, I don't make a fuss. You know, it's just the two or three other people that were actually listening to him said, "Oh, okay. I mean, oh, uh, yo, are you sure?" Cause, ah man, we already had so much planned. Just all these plans we had and stuff. Like, oh man, you don't want it, so no big, so not a big de- deal. Is that what you're saying? You, you don't, you don't want the big funeral that we had that, that we had planned. Is that? uh, Well, you know, I guess if you don't want want us to worry about it, then I understand. Joshua's like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't want you to don't take anything back that you already bought, you know, and. I, I assume, you know, those receipts, are, I lose them all the time. You know, I'm, I'm sure if, if there's anything you already have, you know, plan, like just some point in wasting it. But, uh, but uh, you know, but don't, none if it, don't make a big thing. Don't make a big thing. Just, this just this is a small gathering. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being an hundred and ten years old. Uh, well done, Joshua. Well done. N- nothing fancy. Here's Okay, so Joshua just died. It was nothing fancy. No uh, two-chapter-long summary of everything that he ever did or said, like with Moses. The guy just up and died, like a man. Like a man. Even though I'm, I'm not sexist. I, do, I don't know what that means, so I'm just saying like a man. Cause, like a man. I don't know. I'd have to say that even though the last chapters of this book have kind of sucked it, um kind of hard. I I'm just by this act of mercy, this divine act of mercy, I'm leaving the book of Joshua with a positive feeling. Like it's like it's like doctor it's like Joshua is Dr. Kavorkian and uh and we're a terminal rectal cancer patient. That's what that's what that's like. It's not like he's you know, it's not like he's great or anything, but it sure is a relief after Moses, you know. Moses was was the equivalent of like a hardcore religious nut who wants us to survive, live as long as possible in our agony. But like Joshua is just just like you know what I'm out done, he, and he dies. It's great. It's fantastic. If you if you remember, and I don't, but I think it was something like what five, 70 chapters after uh, Moses said like uh, or God said God teased us the freaking heard he said like oh and moses it is your time time to die moses and then but first uh let's do 80,000 billion different things it's, how many chapters was that really 30 7 790 80 12 100 it was something like that some number like that not that I'm not saying not that number but it was like that number um and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnathserah, which is in Mount Ephraim on the north side, of the hill of Gash. and Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that, out, uh, that overlived Joshua, and which had known all the works of the Lord that He had done for Israel. And the bones of Joshua, uh, sorry, the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt. Buried they in Sheshem, in a parcel of the ground, which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Sheshem, for an hundred pieces of silver, and became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died, and they buried him in the hill that pertained to Phinehas, the son which was given him. So Joshua died, and over nine people attended his funeral. Over nine people. Okay, Judges, the book of Judges. We are done with Joshua. Dun dun dun. Uh, like I said, I definitely d- divided this these episodes incorrectly because this chapter's a little long. But uh, we'll get through it. We'll survive. We'll persevere. Uh, Judges. <sighs> <clears throat> Am I ready for another book? Jeez, I don't know. It's so soon. Imagine if I hadn't like stop doing the podcast for a month, you know, we would have been done. Joshua is pretty quick. Hopefully these other books are are quick. Now, after the Jeth Jeth of Joshua, now after the Jeth of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying, who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? The Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I've delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon his brother, Come up with me unto my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with thee into thy lot. So Simeon went with him, and Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they slew of them and Bezek 10,000 men. Well, that's nice. Just just murdered 10,000 men. Just quick quick 10,000 reps on the old murder machine. And they found Adam and the, uh, Adon Bezek, In Bezek, oddly enough. And they fought against him, and they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites. But Adonabazek Adonabizek, I'll just call him Alex Trebek. That sounds similar. Alex Trebek fled, and they pursued after him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his great toes. Jeez, how nice. And Alex Trebek said, three score and ten kings, having their thumbs uh, and their great toes cut off, gathered their meat under my table, as I have done. So God hath requited me. And they brought him to Ju- Jerusalem, and there he died. Yeah, I'm sure that's what happened. That's pro- that's probably what he said. There's this big evil king who cut off people's thumbs and toes. And then the Israelites finally gave him what he deserved. And he said, oh shucks, God's finally given me what I deserve. Like <laughs> This is like Nazi propaganda or some crap. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone else in the world was great and the Israelites were just all evil, but... I'm sure the Israelites, like, we know that they weren't choosing their victims based on anything except which land they wanted, you know. It's not like their goal was to do anyone any good. They just killed every They killed everyone in the city, too. It's not like, oh, we have freed you from this tyrant. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know why I'd even bother trying to make that little, like, sh- sunshiny case. Like, well, this guy was a bad man. And they, they killed him. They killed him good. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he said, "Oh, looks like I finally got what God had coming to me." Yeah, because he recognizes your God. Oh, I just hate this book. Just, oh, I hate it. Now the children of Judah had fought against Jerusalem and had taken it and smitten it with the edge of the sword. You know that doesn't sound so bad. I'm just gonna give it. Just gonna smitten it a little bit with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. Well, okay, that sounds that sounds bad. And afterward, the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites. Oh excuse me. Ah, uh, why? Uh, that dwelt in the mountain and in the south and in the valley. And Judah went against the Canaanites and uh, that dwelt in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron before was Kirjatharba. Because oh oh okay now I get it. And they slew Sheshe and Aihaman and Talmai. And from thence he went against the inhabitants of Debir. And the name of Debir before was don't care and Caleb said he that smiteth don't care and taketh it to him will i give person my daughter to wife and person the son of person actually i should read these names because Caleb is the one who was saying this he said i'll give you my daughter uh Othniel, the son of Kenaz Caleb's younger brother took it and he gave him Ashnaz <laughs> ash ash Ashsa, his daughter to wife so uh, first cousins Okay. No big deal. First cousins, huh? Okay. Yeah, all right. And it came to pass when she came to him that she moved him to ask of her father a field, and she lighted from off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, What wilt thou? What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Give me a blessing, for thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. And they never mention this again. It's unimportant. Why? Did, why? why do we need to know that? Why, how is that important? It's not important. And the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lieth in the south of Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. And Judah went with Simeon, his brother, and they slew the Canaanites that inhabited Zephath and utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was called Hormah. Also, Judah took Gaza with the coast thereof and Ascalon with the coast thereof and Ekron with the coast thereof. And the Lord was with Judah and he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. And this is, uh, this is an awesome verse here. Um, so it seems very clearly, very clearly to suggest that God was with Judah and helped him with the inhabitants of the mountain, but it wasn't quite enough. God wasn't enough to put him over the top uh, against the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron, you know, so God-proof. So normal chariots uh, of whatever, bronze or whatever it would be. I know nothing about it, but uh, say bronze. Those are no big deal. God's like, <laughs> please, <laughs> oh man, those are nothing. And then uh, chariots of iron, and God's like, oh, oh crap, they have iron. I did not know that. Why didn't Why didn't anybody tell me that? Why didn't you tell me they have iron? I I, I can't do anything about that. It's, a, it's God's kryptonite apparently. And uh, this is something I've mentioned before. I think um, I've heard Daniel Dennett talk about how the idea of God has changed over time and sort of evolved. And, uh, back in these times, he wasn't like a floaty omniscient spirit thing. Um, but w- like, cause now he's more of an idea. He's just a little concept. But ba- but but ba- but, uh, back then I think he was a Superman sort of like a weapon of war almost like this, that kind of thing. And then Dan- Daniel Dennett had a more detailed explanation of it, but, it's something that really made sense to me And especially reading this And this this verse fits that very well It's like some secret You know, it's some sort of mental power For war that they had Like, yeah, they were going to win the battles anyway But uh, when they couldn't Then they thought, oh well, we, Maybe we didn't have God with us Or God wasn't enough for that or something But anyway um, The great thing about the Bible, is that when something like this happens, it means that we're actually reading it wrong somehow. So here's what the commentary says. Oh, sh- uh, here, let me let me give my version of what the commentary says. Which, oh, sure, if you actually read the words that are on the page and use them to construct, you know, a meaning of what the author's actually saying, then, like you would do with any other book, then, oh, then, yeah, sure. It could be misconstrued to say that God couldn't handle iron chariots. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you just read it, <laughs> you just like listen to it, you know? Yeah. If you just read the words and like use, use the words that are there, you know, like that kind of a shallow reading, you know, like, like take, take exactly what it says, <laughs> like God would say things like that, you know, but, uh, but really, uh, for no explicable reason, uh, two verses were somehow combined, and the first one should have ended at, at mountain, you know. And then the second part, where they couldn't drive out the inhabitants of the valley, it, that's a later time when they had misbehaved and God had forsaken them. And and I swear that's what it says. Let me read the verse one more time, just see if it seems like that's the accurate answer. Like that's their theory. I'm seriously just reading Bible commentary. And the Lord was with Judah, and he – let me even include punctuation just just to make sure. And the Lord was with Judah, semicolon, and he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain, semicolon, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, comma, because they had chariots of iron. So, how in the world could that be true? It says uh, he drave drave out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out – Drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. How hard is that? That's not two separate things. It's one thing. Not only that, there's a semicolon between the first part and the second part, and the second part and the third part. So, by your stupid logic, none of them are connected. So, it really should read, okay, so it really should read, and the Lord was with Judah, period. And uh, just, just wait a minute, so just to make sure that's not the same, you know, phrase. That's nothing to do with it, period. <clears throat> Pause. And he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain, period. Let's end. Okay, now in a completely new thought, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots. Like, it doesn't doesn't make sense. It's stupid. (sighs) Anyway. And they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and he expelled uh, thence the three sons of Anak. And the children of Benjamin did not drive out. The Jebusites inhabited Jerusalem, uh, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem unto this day, unto this very day. And the house of Joseph, they also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And the house of Joseph sent to descry Bethel. Uh, Now the name of the city before was Luz. And the spies saw a man come forth out of the city, and they said unto him, Shew us, we pray, pray thee, the entrance into the city, and we will shew thee mercy. And when he shewed them the entrance into the city, they smote the city with the edge of the sword, like you do. But they let them go the man and all his family. Oh, that's, that's good. And the man went into the land of the Hittites and built a city and called the name thereof Luce, which is the name thereof unto this day. Mm-hmm. Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bethsheen and her towns, uh, nor Tanakh and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Dor and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Eblim and her towns, nor the inhabitants of Megiddo and her towns. But the Canaanites would dwell in that land. Hmm. You know, you can't massacre them all, is what they say. You can't murder them all. And it came to pass that when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. Neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron, nor the inhabitants of Nahal, but the Canaanites that uh, dwelt among them became tributaries. So people just aren't doing their job, I guess. Like Some some assholes didn't kill people. <laughs> the nerve. Neither did... A- well, I'm sure they killed people, but they didn't kill everybody. Neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Akko, nor the inhabitants of Zidon, nor of Alab, nor of Ashzeb, nor of Helba, nor of Ephik, nor of Rehob. But the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh. Beth Shemesh is one I don't mind saying, because that's kind of fun. Beth Shemesh nor the inhabitants of Bethanath. But he dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Bethshemesh and Bethanath became tributaries unto them. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountain, for they would not suffer them to come down to the valley. The Amorites would dwell in Mount Heres, in Ajalon, and in Shalbim. Yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed, so that they became tributaries. And the coast of the Amorites was from going up Akrabim from the rock and upward. All right. That's the first book of Judges. At, or first, Sorry, first chapter of Judges. Don't really care what's going on. Doesn't seem too interesting. Except that the um, uh, people are apparently aren't conquering enough. But they're becoming tributaries. So I guess they kind of win, but they didn't kill them all. So... You know how that goes. Anyway, we'll see how it goes next time uh, with more judges. And I'm hoping to catch up even more. So I'll see you guys next time.